Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God doesn't give people the wisdom who trust in their own wisdom. God doesn't give wisdom to people who try to straddle a fence and do it their way and God's way. But since I know I need wisdom, how can we be stable and not unstable? How can we be settled and not unsettled? How can we be certain and not uncertain? How can we keep from doubting and increase our faith? How can we not just believe in God, but actually believe God? How can you have great faith and not doubt? Well, today, Pastor Mark helps answer that question with three biblically-based keys. One, take your eyes off the circumstance and put them on God. One of the benefits of trials is they build our faith. The more we go through, the stronger we'll become. Second, you have to remember, nothing's impossible with God. We might not understand how or why, but that's not what's important. It's the who. And lastly, Scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You'll never learn how to hear His voice when the only time you pick up the Bible is on Crisis Day. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 6, with his continuing study entitled, Good News, God's Wisdom is Available. James gives us a warning about our asking, our prayers. We must believe. In other words, we must have faith and not doubt, number one, that God is generous and that he is giving and he will speak to us and I will get that situation, that wisdom for that situation that I'm in. Our faith is to be in God and not ourselves. Now, notice the word, he who doubts. Doubting means to be divided in our thinking. I have to, a faith is something that just goes for it. Beth Moore says this, we believe in God, but we don't believe God. We believe in God, but when it comes down to our situation, we don't believe God. See, you live by faith. I live by faith all the time. When you get in your car today and drive out to a, a corner where there's a stoplight, green and red, and you get green, you, you believe, you have faith that that car coming the other side is going to what? Going to stop. When, when you take medicine this morning, you believe that that company put the right ingredients in that medicine, or the pharmacist mixed it up right. I was a pharmacist for many years. I understand that. You had faith. It's Okay. Now, there's a certain company, I won't mention it because I don't want to get emails. <laughs> they made a new plane. It's a fantastic plane. It's called the Dreamliner. But they've had some issues. They've had some fires. Flying internationally, 
this plane lost basically all their computers while they were flying. So you might rename it the Nightmare Maker. <laughs> Now, let me ask you a question. If you went to the airport next week and you're flying internationally, and you get there and you say to the, the gal at the desk, hey, we take it to 747, 777, when we take it? Oh, no, the 787, the new Dreamliner. Let me ask you a question. Would you get on board? Let me ask you a second question. If you got on board, would you stay on board? What's going to cause you to get on board? Faith. That you absolutely believe, without a doubt, it's going to be okay. See, with God, shouldn't be any doubting. Because the source is perfect. He's perfect. You won't find that in any other situation. By the way, when you became a believer, how did you become a believer? You believed the word that said this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Any proof of that? No. Just God's word. But God's word's true. So the minute you took that step of faith, with no external proof, later on what happened? Your whole life changed. That's exactly right. But see, steps of faith are required. So when we're asking God, there has to be this faith mixed into it. Now keep your finger there. Just turn one book, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look quickly at what this talks about. Jesus spoke a lot about it. And let me say this to you as I'm getting there. When I mention the word doubt, I'm not saying this morning that you'll never get your prayers answered. I'll never get my prayers answered if I ever doubt. If that's true, none of us would ever get our prayers answered. We're talking about a constant lifestyle of that. Well, I'm not sure God can. And pretty soon, and you're gonna, I'm going to help you this morning get your faith built up. But remember one day, I love this in the Bible because it relates to me a lot. A man brought his son who was demon-possessed to Jesus. And he said, would you heal him? And Jesus said, well, do you believe I can heal him? And the father said, yes, I believe. And then he added a statement that I really relate to. And then he said this, help my unbelief. Can you relate to that this morning? I can relate to that. So don't be condemned when we go through this. Let's just learn how to have faith that isn't always in the doubt side. We're always going to struggle a little bit. In fact, remember Jesus on that, that, that water, the storm, eventually Jesus said this to the disciples, O ye of little faith. So he knows that sometimes we struggle, but it should never be a lifestyle that we don't really believe God. Now, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith, I want you to circle two things in your Bible. Now, faith is being sure, circle the word, sure of what we hope for and, circle the word, certain of what we do not see. So what is faith? Faith is simply complete confidence that God will do what he said, what he promised. The object of faith is God himself and his word. True faith has to be based on a command or a promise from God in the word of God. Now, let me say that again. Faith isn't you drumming up what you think you would like. It's, it has nothing to do with the name and claim and stuff. I can be rich. I can do this. I can do that. I just have to name it, and God's going to give it to me. I asked uh, Mark, who is my, my cousin far removed, what's the name and claim it in Jamaica? 
Of course, people can't hardly eat, and there's not much, and they live in little shacks or whatever. He says, that doesn't sell too good down here. Well, hello. No kidding. So what, what is it? It has to be based on the Word of God, a command of God, or a promise of God. Now, when you think about that, that's where faith comes from. What have we just read this morning in James 1 and Matthew 7? Here's what we read. If we pray with faith, God will answer. That's a command. Guaranteed. We must pray in faith without doubting. Now look at verse 6. This is huge. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him, first of all, must believe he exists. You wouldn't pray to somebody if you didn't think he existed and he was God. And that he rewards. Reward simply means answers our prayer gives us the wisdom, those who earnestly seek him. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking until God answers. I don't think you'll... Keep persistent with faith in your praying. Now, back to James 1.6. James will define for us now what that doubting looks like. Again, I already told you, We all struggle because we need wisdom all the time. Jesus knows that sometimes we have little faith. I'm not talking about that person. Watch this, verse 6. Now, when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So James kind of relates this doubting to a storm-tossed sea. How many of you have ever been seasick? How did that happen? Well, because you're in this boat, and you go out, and, and usually the seasickness doesn't come until the boat stops. And then it... Mm, mm, How many have ever been seasick on a fishing boat? Could I see your hands? That is the worst. Because as it's doing this and the guys are fishing, they get out the old chum. It's been there for a thousand years. And they start throwing the water. And you're about to lose it. And then somebody in the galley is cooking a deep-fried, oil-based, double-cheese sandwich. How many have been there? And then you say, can you take me in? Yeah, eight hours from now. Jesus, come right now. Just take me home. It's horrible. So here's this, here's this storm. And what James is saying is spiritually it happens. Oh, God's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. Two days later, I don't think he's going to do it. Tossed back and forth. Well, what does James say? Don't, don't be that way. Don't be up one minute and down the other. So I want to give you three wins that you need to be aware of that come into our life. Three wins that cause our faith boat to just rock. And we're not stable. We're not stable. We're not certain. Number one, here it is. The wind of fear and doubt. Here's what happens. Fear is the opposite of faith. We know God has the wisdom. There's no question as a Christian, I know God has the wisdom. But sometimes we doubt that he'll give it to us. We fear God's timing. 
and we think, well, I better not wait on God. I better just move ahead myself. Now, I've been there and you've been there. We've done that. That doesn't work. You try to get ahead of God and say, well, God, I can just trust myself. You haven't seemed to answer, so I'm just going to go for it. I know you're going to answer. Well, you haven't answered, so I'm going to take it in my hands. Don't do that. Don't do that. That will never, ever work. Let me give you verse 8. You see it right there in front of you. This is another part of this wind. It's a different person in verse 8 than verse 6. Doubters are double-minded people. James says these people in verse 8, that the doubt, the struggle, look at me, they don't want to turn their life over to God. They're afraid of making a full-time commitment to God. They try to ride the fence. Down here is my will. I'm comfortable with that, doing my thing. But when I kind of get into trouble, up here is God's will. Help! Help! Today, stop riding the fence. Choose this day who you will serve. That is miserable. And you never, ever are stable in your walk. Never. Today is the day to choose God's will. You see, his will is better than anything you'll ever discover on your own. Quit being tossed back and forth. Go for it. Settle for the will of God. It's miserable to try to live on the fence. It simply doesn't work. Now, second thing you want to write, why would this person be double-minded? Why would we kind of think, maybe I better take it into my own hand? Here's a very important principle for you. God's wisdom is vastly superior to human wisdom. Sometimes we vacillate because we don't know how God's going to work it out. Notice Isaiah. This is God speaking. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The longer you serve God, the more you realize you can never put God in a box. And what may seem logical to you, because God hasn't answered yet, will be actually illogical. Think of the number of ways God healed people when he is here. Jesus, how many ways? Oh, my goodness. You can't put him in my God. I mean, one day, he spit down on the ground, put in a guy's eyes, and the guys are healed. You can't join a church of spit, eye, or ground people. What, what are you, crazy? Don't put God in a box this morning. Well, I'm going to cut his and answer. I'm going to do my thing. Your thing doesn't even match the little bit of teeny wisdom that God has. Relax. Wait. Keep praying. Quit doubting. Get stable. He will come through, and when he comes through, you'll look back and go, I never would have thought of that. Hello. And it's the best thing in the world for us. It is. It is. Now, there's another wind that you're very familiar with. Satan hates people of faith. Satan hates it. In fact, the Bible tells us his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's another wind you want to be aware of. When you're waiting for that decision to come, here it is. The wind of Satan's lies. Here's what Satan wants you to do. He says to you, you don't need to wait for God. Just do what you think is right. Walk by your sight. Don't walk by faith. But the Bible says, no, 
We're not to live that way. We're living exactly the opposite way. Satan will also say to you, remember now, he, he can't do anything but lie. God isn't going to come through here. Now, you've been waiting a long time for that wisdom. I don't care what the Bible says. That ain't true for you. You're not good enough. You're not going to get it. Look, you doubted a couple of times here. God's not going to give that to you. Satan will also say this to you. Where is God now? Doesn't seem to be around you, huh? Because you'll hear you say, God, what's happening? I'm praying, but it hasn't come yet. Satan will jump right on that doubt. You go right back to the Word of God. Here's another thing. The wind of what others say. The wind of what others say. People who mean well, but if you're not careful, they'll drain our faith. One day, Paul had to write, to Timothy. Timothy was a young man. Paul had been discipling. He was a pastor of a church. And Paul got wind that the people in the church were making fun of Timothy because he was young. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, don't let them, their discouraging remarks, drain you of your faith. Go for it. Preach the word. You see, I would like to say to you that when you're around other Christians, they'll always build you up. But you've been there. Well, I'm going to go on a mission trip. What, are you crazy? You're going on a mission trip? You, you don't have any ability to do that. Uh, what do you think when we started this church 23 years ago, people at the hospital that knew me all those years? You're giving up the directive pharmacy to go with no pay to start a church where you don't know if anybody will even show up? What, are you crazy? Yeah, I'm following God. That isn't crazy. That's faith. See, when you hear God speak, we step up. Now, there's a good side to this. You need to be in a small group. Because in that small group, you have thousands of years of wisdom. Because when you're in a small group with Christians, how many of those people have put the... But Well, they have burned ears their whole life. How many of them can say, don't do that? Are you going to do... No, no, I tried that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's really good because you're surrounded with wisdom from what? Lots of mistakes. You say, well, I don't want to join that kind of group. Who do you think you are? <laughs> it's the same. So let me challenge you. Get into a small group because those people can pray you through it. One other thing I want you to think about as you go through this. Look at the outcome of constantly doubting. Look at the outcome of a person that is trying to straddle the fence. Look at the outcome. Let me read to verse 7. Look at verse 7 in your own translation, but let me read it to you out of the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Whoa. God doesn't give people the wisdom who trust in their own wisdom. God doesn't give wisdom to people who try to straddle a fence and do it their way and God's way. But since I know I need wisdom, how can we be stable and not unstable? How can we be settled and not unsettled? How can we be certain and not uncertain? How can we keep from doubting and increase our faith? How can we not just believe in God but actually believe God? How can we have great faith and not doubt? I want to give you three keys. I don't know what to do, so, number one, in the Old Testament, the Jewish people were being surrounded by the enemy. And this was a prayer 
that the people of Israel prayed. God, we don't know what to do. Second Chronicles 20.12. But our eyes are on you. When you get to the place of start doubting, that's because we take our eyes and put it on the circumstance. Take your eyes off the circumstance this morning and put it on God. The unchanging God. He's promised he's going to give you wisdom. You keep asking, seeking, knocking. Let your faith be built up. Now, amazingly, that one of the benefits of a trial, it builds our faith. So the more you serve God, the more trials you're going to go through, the stronger your faith will be. But there's times for all of us. We look at the situation, it looks hopeless. Physical, mental, social, uh, financial. And, and we're saying, God, I need wisdom. I need to know what the sex is. Nothing's even coming. Take your eyes off that. God, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Just keep your eyes on Jesus this morning. Now, second thing you need to understand is Luke 137. I want all of the campuses to say this together with me. Here we go. Everybody, all of our campuses. For is... And by the way, don't you ever put your name in there. People say, well, Pastor Mark, I would never put... No, when you take it off the table and you go do your own thing, that's your name. That which is impossible with man is always possible with God. Believe it. God, I don't know how you're going to work that. Don't worry about it. It's not your deal. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Way above. Just trust him. Nothing is impossible with God. Well, Pastor Mark, how can I keep building that faith? Here we go. Romans 10, 17. Then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what have we done this morning? What have you been listening to the last hour? The word of God. So what does it do to your faith? Does it drain it or build it up? It builds it up. Because the Word of God is powerful and living. That's why we teach the Word of God. That's why you need to be in the Word of God. When you're especially, I just do that every day, 10, 15 minutes. You can do that, sticky notes, devotions. We tell you that all the time. You don't want to do it. You've never been in the Word. And then when you get into trial, you're going to take that Bible and you're going to say, oh, God, show me this verse. that I, uh, And we've all been through that. Show me this verse. Go and kill yourself. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go and kill myself. Don't be stupid. Get into the Word of God because the Word of God's living. And let me see if you learned anything about a half hour ago. Is the Word of God and God like this? Or is it like this? That's exactly right. This isn't Balmer's teaching. This is God's teaching. It's the Word of God. It's living. It's sharper than any two-inches sword. And it will solve the problem in your life no matter what. Your faith. Your faith is not in a man. Your faith is in God and the living Word of God this morning. Sorry for the preaching, but that's truth. That's truth this morning. Hallelujah! Doubt is a problem when it's more than a momentary hesitation. We've been learning how unbelief in the Christian life can be crippling. When present, it crowds out hope, and without hope, there's no joy or peace. It's a slippery slope and Satan's got us right where he wants us when we question God and his word. This isn't what God designed us for. Put your faith to the test and don't live a life marred by this trap. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. 
Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Did the devil make you do it? Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will use biblical insight to permanently remove that and other excuses from the Christian vocabulary. What causes us to sin in the first place? The failure to rise above temptation does. We'll learn it's not the temptation that's the problem. We are. Temptation's not something we can escape because it's ingrained in our nature. Make sure you tune in. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Here